Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Understanding how water behaves means putting in some pretty extreme environments. When you take something as humble as water and try to understand how exactly it works, whether it be ice, liquid, steam, or maybe even the way a drop water forms into a droplet. To do this, we have to go to some pretty extreme lengths to really understand exactly what the simple things like water are actually doing. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. When people learn about these phases of matter, solid, liquid, and gas, maybe even learn a bit about plasma, we begin to understand how objects, materials can change over different temperature ranges. And this is really important and easy to visualize with something like water. Water freezes at zero degrees. Now, above zero degrees, it's liquid until you get it above 100 degrees where it becomes steam, vapor. Now, this is a way of understanding that water transitions from solid, liquid, and gas. But what happens to water beyond zero? If you get really cold, well, then you can get ice. But what if you made it even cooler than that? And that's where it gets tricky. Because in theory, it's possible, we've theorized for around 30 years or so, that if you got water really cold, like minus 100 degrees Celsius, then it could, according to the mathematics at least, separate into two different phases with different densities. In the same way that oil and water are immiscible and don't mix together, well, water could, mathematically, do something like that. Now, the problem is, getting water really cold is difficult, and also observing exactly what happens when it does this is also very, very difficult. It's practically impossible to study this phenomenon in the lab because water crystallizes into ice so quickly at low temperatures that you don't really get a chance to study what's going on. If there was a way to slow it down, that would be great, but even when it's cold, it doesn't slow down enough for you to observe it. And that's what researchers from Georgia Institute of Technology have been trying to pierce into. Researchers like Thomas Gardner, assistant professor in the School of Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering at Georgia Tech, and they've outlined some studies on this in the journal Physical Review Letters. Now, this is really trying to get into the question of quantum mechanics and quantum chemistry that occurs at this really cool levels in molecules like water. And the only way that they can slow it down is, well, to simulate it. That's the only way you can really stop, pause, slow it down, speed it up, and see exactly what's happening. So, to better understand how the water behaves, the researchers built detailed molecular simulations on supercomputers, and then compared that with a virtual microscope. If you had an infinitely powerful microscope, you could zoom all the way down to the level of observing individual molecules reacting and interacting with each other in real time. And... With a supercomputer and the right model defined, you can do this. You can create a computational movie and observe how it pans out. And you can then tweak your model, tweak the rules of the game of the universe, so to speak, and see how it would behave with a different set of rules. So doing this, the researchers analyzed how molecules move and characterize the liquid structure at a whole bunch of different water temperatures and pressures. They're trying to mimic the phase separation between the high and low density liquids. With all of this training data, they ran simulations for a long time, like up to a year, and they continued to fine-tune to get more and more accurate results based on this. Now, running such long and detailed simulations would be nearly impossible to do without the modern advances of machine learning. It gives a bit of a shortcut 
because you can use this to guess and calculate how much energy the water molecules actually use when they're interacting with each other. Now, this is much faster than trying to crunch those numbers directly, so doing that estimating using machine learning is, is good, but not perfect. So these long simulations can also help improve the accuracy by giving more time to test and evaluate. Now, these conditions that they're simulating in the virtual lab here, they don't probably exist on Earth, at least not directly. But if you imagine water out in the far-flung reaches of the solar system, out maybe perhaps on Europa or at the center of a comet, these water conditions could definitely exist. And so for scientists trying to understand how water behaves in all of these odd circumstances, super cold water acting strangely, well, this is a really useful tool because researchers can now build a picture of what that might actually look like. Pause it, slow it down, zoom in, and see what exactly is happening to super cool water. Start to crack some of these questions about how exactly water works, which by the way, we think we know, but when it comes to ice, we're really just scratching the surface at the tip of that particular iceberg. Now, this modeling technique developed by George Institute of Technology, published in the journal Physical Valetis Review, is lead author Gartner, along with Piaggi, Carthenosis, and Panagotopoulos. Speaking of strange places to observe water, another weird location where you can see weird behavior of water is of course in microgravity. If you take something up into orbit around Earth and put it into the microgravity environment, orbiting the Earth on say the International Space Station, you can see how water behaves strangely in this new environment. And this is really important for researchers to understand the way in which water works, and not just for biomedical applications, but also just in everyday life. Knowing how water droplets spread and coalesce is immensely useful for people who are designing cars, planes, roofs, floors, you name it, anywhere where rain and water interact with a surface. Now, this kind of applications for energy generation, say wind turbines or solar panels, or maybe even aerospace engineering designing planes, uh, or even down to cars, these all are incredibly important. And you can scale it down to more micro levels as well. Now, the problem is, like most things, it's really difficult to model if you don't understand the rules of the game. So, in the journal Physics of Fluids, researchers from Cornell University and Clemson University designed an experiment that analysed how drops would behave and sent it up all the way to the International Space Station to watch how these droplets behaved in the microgravity environment. Now, normally, a droplet would appear as a small spherical cap of water because their surface tension exceeds gravity. If the drop gets much larger, they get out of that spherical shape and gravity squishes them into something more like a puddle. They flatten out. So if we want to analyze a kind of drop like that on Earth, you need to do it on a really small scale. 
But the problem is, at small scale, droplets move way too quickly because they'll slide and change and merge without the ability for us to really observe them. The same problem of speed of simulation as we talked about earlier. So what can you do? Well, if you lower gravity, then you actually low, slow down the rate in which these droplets move because they don't have anything pulling them or changing their shape. In, say, microgravity environment near the International Space Station, the team could investigate much larger droplets rather than small ones, moving from a couple of millimeters all the way to 10 times in length, so maybe 10 millimeters in size. That's a pretty big droplet. Now, using four different surface samples of varying roughness, they sent them up to the ISSS and then got cameras and recorded the droplets as they spread out and merged across these weird surfaces. The experiment itself was done by NASA astronauts Kathleen Rubens and Michael Hopkins, and they would place a single drop at the desired central location on this test surface. This drop is near but not touching the small porthole drilled into the surface that sort of, when the water gets ejected through that porthole, collects and essentially grows next to or adjacent to the drop. And then eventually those two drops, the one on the surface and the one being ejected in, will touch as they grow and coalesce and form one droplet. In this way, they're actually simulating the formation of a larger puddle by putting these two droplets in in a really controlled way. And they're testing a model called the Davis-Hockey model, a simple way that of simulating droplets. If a droplet sits on the surface, part of it touches the air and creates an interface, while the other part is in contact with the surface, forms an edge or like a contact line. Now, using the Davis-Hockey model, you actually end up with an equation for defining that force and that line. But by having an experiment done in microgravity and space, you can collect enough data to really validate the principles of that actual theoretical formula. In many ways, a lot of the times here on Earth, we just simply aren't able to answer questions without either simulating them, and even if we did, we don't know if that simulation is valid compared to the real world. And it's only for experimental physics like this in case in microgravity environments where we can really stress test and push the things to the limit and see exactly how they work. So putting droplets into space on a variety of surface seems weird and strange, but it's fundamentally important for helping us understand how rain behaves on surfaces on everything from floors, tiles, spacecraft, airplanes, cars, you name it. It's immensely important to understand how raindrops move together and behave and by doing these experiments in space, as outlined in the journal Physics of Fluids, researchers have really dived into answering this question. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. Taking water into space to analyse how droplets form, plus analysing the strange behaviours of water at super cold temperatures using powerful supercomputers. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.